You're listening to a DM podcast. There shouldn't be too much that you'll struggle with with in your relationship because you two will manage to work something out. There's always a way around things. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of Mr. A+. Joining us today is someone who was on The Bachelor. She is currently pursuing acting, recently published a book, and she is the co-host of a very popular women's podcast known as Life Uncut. Now, without further ado, let's all give a a warm welcome to the amazing Brittany Hockley. Woohoo! Is this where we can put some um, fake claps in? (laughs) Hi, Michael. Yeah, hello, Brittany. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me. That was a very lovely introduction. Thank you. It's my it's my pleasure. Um, how are you getting along? I'm really well. I don't know if you can hear in the background, but there is a very crazy storm in Bondi in Sydney at the moment. Lightning and thunder and it's really loud. Can you hear that? Or is it okay? You might hear some lightning throughout the interview, but other than that, yeah, I'm good. I'm just locked inside with my dog today. How are you? I've been doing well, thanks. I haven't been able to leave the house today either due to the weather. Are you in Wollongong today? Yep, of course. And is it raining down there too? It was this morning, Mm. but now it seems to have calmed. Well, thanks for having me on the podcast. Not at all. It's my pleasure. Thank you for for your time. Now, I need to ask you this. Was there a particular moment from your past that inspired you to host your own podcast, which is Life Uncut? There actually was. So Life Uncut is almost four years old. It's almost our fourth birthday, um, which seems like yesterday that we started it. But I was on The Bachelor, like you mentioned, about five years ago now, and I was on the season of The Honey Badger. Um, And I was the person at the very end who basically won The Bachelor without winning anything. I got dumped at the end. Um, when the honey badger, Nick Cummins, decided not to pick anyone and leave single. And so I think after that, all of a sudden I got thrown into this spotlight, you know, national TV, that moment uh, made it to countries all over the world because it was such a crazy moment. And all of a sudden I started to get so many messages and DMs about breakups and how I was coping, how did I handle it on such a public level, um, and I was just getting so many questions from people. I just, I, I almost unofficially became like the queen of breakups and singledom. Um, and I, I say that in like inverted commas. And then I always try to reply to people that message me. I always try and, you know, because they've taken the time to message me, I want to write back. And it got to the point where I couldn't keep up anymore because um, there were too many messages. And I just thought, how can I how can I reach more people because I want to keep helping people. So I decided to start this podcast and um, a little while before, about six months before I had met my co-host Laura Byrne, who was also on The Bachelor, uh, who you know as well, Michael. Um, So Laura and I just, I thought Laura would be the perfect person. I thought she's been through what I've been through. She got the success story and she got a husband out of it, but Um, She seemed just as crazy as I was, and that's how we decided to do it because we wanted to help more people on a bigger level. That's a very interesting story. Yeah, I think so. In fact, I also remember the time that I was requested to come on your podcast once. 
Yes. So you were on, I think, it was last year, wasn't it? No, it was actually the year before. <gasps> was it? No, November 2021. 2021, yeah. So, yeah, we had watched uh, Love on the Spectrum. I'm a big fan. I absolutely love the show and I was a big fan of you. And I, I wanted to speak to you because I think you're really interesting and I think um, a lot of people have a lot to learn from you. I find that a little bit surprising. Do you? No, because you've got a podcast now. So think how many people listen to that and how many people want to hear what you've got to say. I also know that you're pursuing acting like I am. Have you always wanted to be an actor? Yeah, so I went to acting school way before I was on TV. Um Back in my mid-20s, I started acting school. So I used to work in a hospital. In I have a medical radiation science degree. So I always worked in a hospital. But I always had this other creative side. I had the science medical side and then I had the creative arts side. And eventually the creative arts side took over. So I went to acting school. And then I, I ended up doing classes for years. And I went over to Scotland, to the Royal Conservatory of Scotland. And I studied over there, studied in Sydney, um, just out of interest. It was almost a hobby at the start. I had fun. It was a way to escape uh, everyday life. And then then I went on TV um, and then I got into podcasting and then I got into the radio and acting sort of got put, put on the back burner because all these other things were happening. And now I'm mm-hmm. in a place where I thought, hey, I'm going to go back and start to do what makes me happy again. So I'm back pursuing acting as of this year. Impressive. Yeah. And what about you? How's your acting? Yeah, that's still going well. I'm actually going to be the lead actor in a um, comedy series that's upcoming. It's called Austin. Are you allowed to tell us about it? Sure. It's about a young man in his late 20s who goes to the UK to meet his long-lost father because he was the result of a one-night stand. Oh. And that, that result was Austin, and I play him. Okay. So you're playing an Australian? Of course. <laughs> well, I know you like to do your accents and your voiceovers, so I didn't know if you were playing. I'm not it. great. I'm not. I'm terrible with accents. Are you? <laughs> yeah. But you know, in a way, because I've heard you do your voiceovers. In a way, um, ac- accents are the same as voiceovers, don't you think? Slightly different. <laughs> and so, when does that start filming? I have no idea yet, but the production will commence from July. Okay. And did you have to audition for that? Nope, that role was offered to me three years ago. Was it? Yeah. Oh, congratulations. That's amazing. Thank you. Okay, have you got any scripts or anything or are you starting to practice? Not yet. No. Not yet. But there's a certain thing that delayed the process of Austin. What? This sounds serious, Michael. A, cert- a certain word that I hate using and hate referring to and it starts with a C. Oh, yes. We don't have to. I hate that word too. And hence why I have a strict no COVID talk policy. <gasps> you said the word. No C word. But I'm um, I'm doing a little, I'm starting next month filming a pilot TV series. Um, oh. Yeah. So that's going to be like a rom-com as well. Interesting. Well done. Yeah. we fun. I also um, once read that you studied at um, NIDA. Yeah. So I did some NIDA classes. You can do like three months, six months. You could do a couple yeah. of weeks if you wanted to. So I did that last year. So that's something that you could do too if you wanted to sharpen your well, skills. Actually, I've been studying at Screenwise. Oh, I went to Screenwise too. I've already done beginners and intermediate. Yeah. At some point this year, I'll be doing advanced. Yeah. And I'll also be 
um, seeing a professional actor for private lessons. Oh, cool. I did the all those as well. I did the beginner, intermediate and advanced as well. It was, it was cool. If you could be on any show in any role, what would it be? Oh, do you know? I, my favorite show is probably Friends of all time. I love Friends and I love I love Rachel, Jennifer Aniston. I love that character. Oh, yes. I've never seen Friends. Michael, wash your mouth out. There's a lot of stuff that I haven't seen. <laughs> I think you'd probably like Friends. I always thought I would do a rom-com. You know, my podcast and my radio show, it's comedy. It's all comedy-based. Um, yeah. And I'm a big romantic, so I always thought I would do that kind of thing. But I equally love action. Like, I would love to be in some fighting scenes. I'd love to be doing really cool action stuff. Nice. Yeah. I consider myself to be a versatile performer. Yeah? What would you? What would be your dream role? Actually, I don't really have a dream role. There's um a lot of roles I would love to do, except if it's if it's in suspense, horror, slasher or thriller, then it's a no-go. Yeah. I don't but, like to watch horror or like scary movies, but I would I'd probably like to film them, but I don't think I'd like to watch them because I think filming them wouldn't mm. be scary, you know. I think when you're trying to pretend yeah. like someone's chasing you and there's all these lights and cameras in your face, it doesn't make it scary. Yeah, I suppose <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm actually more of a television person than films. Oh, yeah? With television shows, you get so many different adventures, different storylines, whereas films, you only get one story. And in films, you hardly get enough adequate realistic time for character development because it's done in a very rushed pace, Mm. whereas a television show, it's more realistically done. Yeah, and it's always nice to be able to watch it for longer. Yeah, like when you're really exactly. into a movie and then after an hour and a half it's over, you're like, yeah. oh, what do I do now? Yeah, exactly. And who's your favourite actor? There's quite a few of them actually. There's Mark Evan Jackson, Nick Offerman. I admire him a lot. There's also Alan Howell Jr., R.I.P., mm. Phil Hartman, R.I.P., Doss Butler and Don Messick, both R.I.P., mm. Some of my favourite actors have passed. Me too. My favourite is probably um, Robin Williams. Yes. R.I.P. Mm. He was brilliant. He certainly was. He was a very hilarious guy and so is Robin and so is Phil Hartman. Mm. And I've also started watching The Office. Do you know, I haven't ever watched that from go from start to finish. Everyone always raves about it. I've just seen like a few episodes here and there and they're always very funny. Like I feel like I should go and watch it back from the start. In contrast to my podcast, yours is about relationships and the lives of you and your co-host, Laura. Mm. Do you mind sharing the intimate details of your life and romantic relationships with the world? That's a good question. Um, we do. We started off sharing a lot in the early days and then as the podcast has grown because we have – I think nearly 45 million listens now. So it's a lot of people that have listened a lot of times. So as we grew and grew and grew, we started to be a little bit more careful with what we share, but we still share a lot. I think people listening, people that have been listening for four years, I think a lot of people think we share everything because we're pretty honest, we're pretty raw. Um, We want to share things that make other people feel less alone. So we want to share embarrassing moments or just 
just moments that make people feel a bit more normal. But because of that, because we share some embarrassing stuff, um, a lot of people think that we share every part of our life. But we don't. There's a lot that we keep very close to our chest, uh, a lot of private things or personal things um, in our relationships and things like that. So we don't share everything. But for me, I think if I can say something and it makes somebody else feel a little bit better, I'm okay with that. That's a great great story to hear. Yeah, it's hard sometimes when, um, so there are some media publications, for example, the Daily Mail. Sometimes they will take a grab like a headline and they'll make an article out of it that it's not accurate. It's clickbait Mm. headlines and the stories, nothing to do with what actually happened. That's when it's hard because you you think that didn't actually happen. So that's really annoying when they take it out of context. But um, if people listen to the podcast, they'll know the truth. Yeah. Because in my, in my belief that podcasts should not be politically correct. Yep. Ours, ours is pretty wild. (laughs) And Whereas with me, I just don't really have a set topic. I just um, mostly talk about a variety of different things. Yeah. But the main point of my podcast is to give people something to laugh about. Yeah, and that's what we want to do too. We want to make people feel good and feel happy and laugh. And at the same time, I'm the only host of mine. Yeah, I think for Laura and I, um, I think the reason it works so well is we've always been in two different parts of life. So Laura has... She's got kids and she was engaged and married. Yes, I know. Yeah, so she had that relationship and then I was always single and trying to date and going on all these horrible dates. And so I had that part. Yeah, so I think that when we both come together and people listen to the podcast, they're getting everything they want, the funny dating stories, the awkwardness, the single stuff, then they're getting the the mum content and the the marriage and the happy family. But then again, I do kind of sympathize with you because I've been single my entire life and because I've never had a relationship. How is your dating going now? It's going pretty well for the most part. I am talking to a couple of women. Mm. One's in Perth and the other's in Canada. Oh, both long distance. Yeah. How did you meet both of them if they're um, long distance? Did you meet them online? Yeah. Well, technically... um. The one from Canada, I met her on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Her name's Skylar, and we've been talking for like 16 months now, mm-hmm. but we've never met in person. Who messaged sadly. who first? A friend of hers messaged me first, mm-hmm. and we were introduced to each other, and we started talking, and then it just never stopped. Mm. And do you just see yourselves as friends or are you sort of like in We're a online friends right now? Yeah. So you're not in like a long distance relationship. No, no, but you want to maybe be, do you want to meet her and find out? Yes, I would like to, but also the woman from Perth, um, she actually sent an email to the podcast in July, which I did not know about mm. until Mandy pointed it out. And Mandy sent it to me. So I read it myself and then, the Perth woman is named Sarah. Mm-hmm. She and I started talking through email at first, then through Messenger, and then we exchanged numbers and we had a date in September. She flew from Perth to Sydney. Oh, wow. And I decided to stay up in the same hotel as her so I wouldn't have to travel up and down more times than I needed to. Yeah, that's a long way to fly. Yes, it is. And how was the date? It was very lovely, but we had little time together. What? Oh, just like one night or something or? 
one evening and half a day the, oh. the next day. That was all we had. And what did you guys do on the date? We had dinner at Cirrus. Mm-hmm. And um, the following day we spent half the day in the Queen Victoria building mm-hmm. at Darling Harbour and we had lunch together and then that was it for the day because um, she was seeing a friend of hers in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And then the, the following day after that, she was spending that day with another friend of hers. Then the following day after, she had to fly back. And do you like her, like, romantically? Well, I couldn't grow any feelings because we had little time together. And mm. because if I tried to grow feelings, it, that's a sign of desperation. And women don't like men who are desperate. It's not a good look. I don't think trying – you're right. Desperate's not a good look. But I don't think trying to grow feelings – necessarily means you're desperate because I think you can develop feelings not necessarily just in no but not just physically and in person if you've been talking for a while I think you can develop feelings like that I've done that before I am pretty fond of her yeah and I'm actually going to be seeing her in Perth in a couple of weeks are you going to head over of course I am just just to see her or are you going for another reason She's the main reason why I'm going there. Uh-huh. So that's date number two. Oh, yes. Have you had any online dates like um, Zoom dates or Skype dates or anything? No, I don't do online dates. You could, though. You could you could talk like this, like we are on camera and just get to know each other, maybe. Yes, but that's, that's, not, that's not a date the traditional way. No, it's not. It's a very modern day date. I don't do modern dates. <laughs> you can't you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But what about I disagree. I think old dogs can learn new tricks. I'd rather do things the way my father taught me. Yeah. Because communicate each other through a screen, that's that is not quality time. But would you I guess this is a way to think about it. Because I agree. I think that it's obviously better in person. But if life has stopped you from meeting up, which it has for a little while, do, don't you think it's better to get to know someone online, in, like over like this, whilst you're waiting to meet in person? Yes, that that is correct because mm-hmm. it jumps, helps us, I mean, keeps us from jumping into things. Yeah. So yeah, it, it does have its advantages, but especially if it's long distance. Let me ask you this: Do you have anyone that's overprotective of you? Yes, I do. Let me guess. It's Laura, isn't it? <laughs> Laura's definitely one of them, yes. <laughs> you, think one, you think one person is bad enough? Try having three. <laughs> Who are your parents? Only one of my parents. My dad, my best friend, and my sister. Yeah, and what does that? What does overprotective mean from them? They don't want you to travel and visit her or they don't want you to talk online? They're just telling me to, they're just telling me to be careful and... Yeah. And because I apparently don't know her. Yeah, which is maybe why you could keep talking online. Yes, but I also want to spend time with her in person because my dear relationship is being think, being there for her all the time. Yes. Because honestly, a long-distance relationship is pretty much a joke. Well, Michael, I am in a long-distance relationship. Well, you can't blame somebody for trying. <laughs> And my last relationship was long distance too. I've only, I've had two long distance relationships. Which actually reminds me, I'm getting to that now. Yeah. I've heard that you have finally found yourself love. Yes, so I congratulations. have. Congratulations. Thanks. I am very newly in love. 
you re- you recently revealed it on your one of your latest episodes of your own podcast. So can you give us any hot goss on your new BF? <laughs> His name is Ben, um, and he is Man? he's Swiss. So uh, he grew up in yeah he grew up in Switzerland and he lives now in Scotland. He plays football, so he plays football for Celtic, which is the Scottish football team. I don't know if you know much nice. about football. I don't know anything about football. Yeah, I don't either, which I'm trying to learn. But we met while he was here playing football in Australia and then he was only here for four days. So we hung out just for four days and then we decided we wanted to keep knowing each other. So we spoke on the phone and like this. We spoke on Zoom, which is why I'm encouraging you to do it. We spoke like this for about six weeks and then I decided that I wanted to go and spend some more time with him to figure out if we liked each other um, yeah. and we wanted to figure out if we wanted a relationship. So I flew to Scotland and we spent one month together and then we decided that we were just, just loved each other. So we thought, oh, well, let's give it a go. Even though for now we're not in the same country, we liked each other enough to try and give it a whirl. Hmm. Yeah. That's a very, bra- very brave move. Well, I think, For me, I think it's more about the person than the situation. I think it's the way someone makes you feel. And he Mm. makes me feel better than somebody down the street makes me feel, you know? So I think that it's, I think it's important to chase those feelings when they, when they come because they come pretty, they don't come often. They come pretty rarely. Yes, I know. And because a lot of people take romance for granted these days. I agree. I agree. I think it's really important to put a lot of effort into your relationships. Exactly. Because relationship is something that you're supposed to treasure. And after all, it's more serious than just a friendship. Yeah. Because when you're, when you're, when you love someone and you make a commitment to them, you don't have a choice. You have to spend time with them. If, and if you don't want to, you're you're not only are you wasting your time, but also the, the other person's time. I think people, I don't want to say throw the towel in too easily. That's not the right term. But I think people don't put the effort in sometimes or they have, their expectations are too high. So I think sometimes people are like, oh, we've had a fight. It's too hard. Let's break up. Whereas it's so normal in a relationship to go through highs and lows. But if there's a fight, just work, just work through it. Don't throw in the towel. That's what I think. I think you need to – I think people do it too easily, whereas – that's because they don't have the guts and they don't even have the strength to put the work in, Surpri- yeah. unsurprisingly. Yeah. I thought you um, I thought you might have met someone last year. Didn't you go on a date with someone last year? Yeah, I, I did you, with you, Sarah. Sarah, right. And I also did have um, did have a few couple of dates last year. And in November I had a few dates with another woman, but – she was older than me by eight years. Right. And I couldn't feel anything for her. Right. And that's when I experienced my my first French kiss. First French kiss. And so how old was she? How old are you? I'm 28. I'll be 29 okay. next month. And she's 36. And how was the kiss? The very first kiss? Because do, don't you think about it, your first kiss? Have you been thinking about it for a long time? Actually, my, the first kiss that I ever received from a woman was in July last year from a fan. Yeah. In a McDonald's parking lot. Oh, very romantic. <laughs> it's not the most romantic setting, but I'll take it. Take what um, you can get. She's, this fan wanted a, wanted a photo of me. Mm-hmm. 
And she asked me if she could kiss me. I thought she meant the cheek, but she meant the lips. Oh, and she just and honestly, kissed- it felt great. There you go. But that wasn't a French kiss, so that was no. just just the lips, no tongue. Yeah, but and the but the French kissing, it felt good. But the thing is, I don't like French kissing that much because to me, it's a breach of hygiene. Oh, so you didn't like it? Not entirely. You, a breach of hygiene because, like, you swap saliva. Yeah, it's like it's almost like swapping blood with a woman. <laughs> I think it's different to blood. Maybe it's one of those things that you'll like if you do it more. Maybe it's one of those things that it was a bit of a shock because you've never felt yeah. it. Yeah, it was sort of. Yeah, sort of a shock. Did she take the lead? She did. Yeah. Yeah. And did you tell her you didn't like it? I didn't. I just went along with it. Right. And then just thought you never want to do that again. <laughs> yeah. You, do you think you'd try it again with if you dated somebody else? Yeah, I would. But depending on how serious the situation, how serious the relationship is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't want to just do it with everyone. Of course. How are you going to maintain the romance? Well, that's very hard. We're going to try and see each other every two months. And I think if we can do that, that's enough. Because I'm I'm very busy. He's very busy. So I think if we just keep ourselves busy and then every two months one of us will fly to the other person. But we um, – he's very romantic. He – look, he just actually sent me these flowers. Oh, very yeah. kind of him. Yeah, so he sent me a dozen roses, which he just – he does – that's the third or fourth time he's done that. He just – He'll just send flowers out of nowhere with a nice card, which is very nice because it just makes you think, makes you feel special, makes you think that they're thinking about you. So I think we talk every single day. We don't go one day without talking, and I think that's important to have that communication. I only wish I could do the same thing for Sarah. What, flowers? Yes. Sarah is the Perth one? Yeah. Yeah. And also there is one thing that I'm extremely tempted to get her is – one of these. So that looks like a watch. What kind of watch? Oh, an Apple watch. Yeah. How come you want to get her an Apple watch? Because I could tell they would look that it would look amazing on her. Uh, well, I think plus, need- um, plus they look pretty great on women and they're very common on women these days. Yeah, they're pretty cool. That could be like a if you get keep getting to know each other and you like each other, that could be like the first yeah. present you get her for like a birthday or a Something special. Well, her birthday isn't until July. Yeah. I think you could start with some flowers or some chocolates or something just cute and little. I did get her flowers the first time I met her in September, but she couldn't take them back with her. Oh, thanks yeah, Thanks to course. airport security. I think for the first one, my advice is not nothing big. So don't get the don't give her a watch or anything like that. Give her something like a so nice soon. Yeah, a nice card with some flowers and some chocolates, I think, or a teddy bear or something just like cute and nice. Because you only want to get it, you don't want to get her something too big. You just want to get her something cute to say, like, thinking of you, I think you're special. So oh, we're going to um, see each other in Perth and then we'll be able to decide what's going to happen from there. So how often do you talk? Oh, we message each other pretty, pretty much on a daily basis. But when she came here, you guys didn't kiss or anything? No, of course no. not. I, I thought because you mentioned that you were you dated the older woman and you kissed her, I, I just wondered if maybe you kissed yeah. Sarah, but it's it, too it soon. What? Yeah, it's way too soon. Yeah, yeah. But also the other thing is eight years is too big of a gap for me. I want to be with someone closer to my age. 
Yeah, so my ex, who was also long distance, I was I'm obviously the woman. I was seven years older than him. Mm. We had a we had a big age gap, but we didn't notice it. I didn't notice it at all, and he didn't either. Do you mind if I ask what year you were born? I am born in 1987. So that means you're 36 this year. Yeah, yeah. Let's not add anything, Michael. I'm currently 35, so let's not say 36 yet. <laughs> well, that's yeah. I know you're I know you're 35 <laughs> now, but you'll be 36 this year. Yes, but 35 sounds better. <laughs> How is that better? Because we don't want, I'm trying not to age myself too quickly. 35 sounds better than turning 36. What it's all, is it with people and aging? It's just a joke. I don't want to age, though. That's not a joke. <laughs> I want to stay this age forever. That seems highly unlikely. It does, yes. Scientifically, I think it's impossible. I do have more questions to ask you. Yeah? What do you think you'll struggle with the most? In the long distance, you mean? I think when the time comes to have a family and kids and things like that, that's really tough because obviously you don't want to do long distance then. So no, one of us will have to make a big decision and I have a feeling There's... I will have to move overseas to be with him for a while while he plays football and then if it all works out, he will move back with me. Well, but that's th- nice. Yeah, I think the, that's the hard part is because I am 35, you start to think about a family and things like that. Yeah. And it's difficult. But- but also the thing is um, you shouldn't really be in a rush to to have kids. I'm definitely not in a rush to have kids. That's why I don't have them. Good. I'm, all my friends have kids, but for me I've always been very yeah. happy on my own and I'm very career-driven and I, I'm working really hard yeah. in a lot of stuff. So for me it hasn't been on the cards yet. Both. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people for my year in high school, a lot of them now have kids. Mm, me too. There's another option for you and your partner you could divide your time between here and scotland yes well that's what we'll do for now for the next year anyway um that's good because my works yeah i've got the radio here and the podcast and all my works here yeah um so we will split our time but that gets expensive flying between countries all the time yes flights are very expensive and then you would eventually have to consider applying for citizenship in another country and passing a citizenship test would would be one of the hardest things to do. Yes, I don't think I could do it. I think he'll have to come here and pass our citizen test. That is hard to do too. (laughs) I know. My brother-in-law, so my sister's now husband, he's Scottish actually as well. So she married someone from Scotland. He just had to do it and he, he said it was pretty hard. There shouldn't be too much that you'll struggle with in your relationship because you two will manage to work something out. There's always a way around things. Yes, I agree. I think as long as both parties, I think the biggest thing is trust. You have to trust your partner because of course. if you don't trust them and you think that they could be doing the wrong thing or anything like that, it will never work. Of course. I trust Ben and I know he trusts me. So for now, good. yeah, for now that's what we'll try and do. That's good because it's very easy for people to – to let their imagination get a, get a run away with them and believe that their partner is doing the wrong thing by them, which is highly unlikely. Yeah, if my, if I was actually thinking that, I've always this is what I've always thought to myself. If I was actually worried that my partner was doing the wrong thing, I wouldn't be dating them. If I was at home thinking they could possibly be cheating or doing anything like that, I just wouldn't date them because there's no point if you're going to sit yeah. at home worried. There's no point putting yourself of course through no that. Point. Yeah. This is, this is also going to illustrate my point as well. 
did you ever see an episode on Friends where um, Ross was in a marriage with a British woman named Emily? Yes. She didn't trust him because because he mentioned Rachel during their, their Winning, vows. Winning, yeah. <laughs> but that was an accident. It was an accident, but it... It, it just... She I allowed would, it to get to her. Yeah, I would be upset. If I was Emily and my and my about-to-be husband called me by his ex-girlfriend's name, I would be upset. That's a little bit weird, but all right. <laughs> anyway, um, she also said, she said to Ross over the phone that she'd be happy happier if if she knew where he was all the time if i was in roger's shoes i'd be insulted because a woman knowing where you are all the time that is an extreme invasion of privacy i agree i think it's i think it's silly to try and track your partner like that it's it's wrong too and that means you don't even trust that person or have faith in them Mm -hmm. and also means you have nothing to talk about because you're not going to say hey how was your day honey because you already know how their day was because you know everything they did Oh my God, what a waste of a relationship that would be. I agree. What a waste of a life. I know. No one's and got time to do that anyway. Who's got that no. sort of time? Not me. Someone who doesn't have a job. Yeah. Do you want to get married? Of course I do. Yeah. And so do you want kids or you're undecided? Uh, that's a bit of a tough one. Mm. I, I'm i open to it subcon- subconsciously, but the thing is I don't really want kids really well because, I mean, that much because – I just don't want the expenses. Yeah, they're very expensive. And because the last thing I want is a woman, is my wife saying, stop doing this nonsense and be a parent to my kids. Because mm-hmm. to me, that's a waste of a life. What? Well, being a parent's a waste. That means no holidays and and no wealth. But imagine if your, I mean, your parents didn't waste their life. Imagine if they decided not to have you, you wouldn't exist. Yes, that's right. They'd be millionaires by now and they would have gone on on so many holidays without a care in the world. Like yeah, Mr. that's Mrs. true. Howell did. That is true. I often think that about my parents too. I think, oh, you could have been so rich if you didn't have four kids. Yep. And because I also decided a while ago that if I'm going to be a parent, I want my kids to have wealthy parents. Yeah. you want to, So you want to be rich before you have a kid. Yep, but but they won't. But they will not be spoiled. If they want something, they have to work for it, like mm. I did. Yeah, I'm going to make my kids do chores and earn pocket money, and then they have to save the pocket mm. money. Of course, then they and that and they'll also be able to boast to their peers, saying stuff like, "You see, unlike yours, my dad can afford the best, like Malfoy did." <laughs> I don't know if that's a good life goal, Michael. <laughs> But it would make me feel feel important. Anyway, I gotta ask you, what are your love languages, and how will they go with your long distance relationship? <laughs> so my my unfortunately for me, my main love language is physical touch. Amen. <laughs> I like physical touch. Even with my friends, I'm quite affectionate. Like I'll give them a hug, hello, or. But in my relationships, I like to, you know, I like to hold hands and uh, back scratches and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I like to give it and I like to receive it as well. So mm. it's that's mm, very uh, difficult in a long distance relationship. So my next one would be probably words of affirmation. Um, so you know, mm. hearing those nice things and the support and things like of course. that. Course, because because um, I think love language love languages can change over time and depending on the situation. 
So my what's important now is changing to me because I can't have that physical contact now. So what I need in my relationship is changing. Mm. What, what's yours? My love language is all five of them. Oh, all mixed into one. Yep. Because with long-distance relationships, there's no physical touch, there's no quality time, no acts of service, and no gift-giving, just words of affirmation. No, we have gift-giving. Look, he just gave me these flowers. He bought me if, an iPad so that I can FaceTime him more. You, you know you can do that on a laptop or, or a computer as well. I know, but then I can just carry it around with me more because it's smaller. Um, oh, yeah. So you can still do gift-giving. If you know their address. Yeah, I, well, we know each other's address, so we often send each other little things. Yeah, but there is also something else as well. When I tried to send my best friend, who lived in Germany at the time, mm. a birthday card a few years ago, it got lost in the mail and she never received it. Oh. So whenever I send mail into internationally, I always pay for tracking Yeah, because I, because I like to make sure that the person gets it. Yeah. Well, I sent the other day, uh, it was Ben's birthday, so I sent him a cake to his Happy house. Happy birthday to him. Yeah. How did you send the cake to him? Well, I found a, a really amazing cake shop, a bakery in Glasgow where he lives. Oh. And I got them to make it in the style of like a Celtic, the, the football team. So it was like a football cake and it had his emblem on it and a four-leaf clover oh. and it was pretty cute. And it had the number 31 on it and I got that delivered to his house as a surprise. That was very kind of you. Yeah, so I think you can do stuff like that. Yes, I certainly would love to do that for Sarah. Well, there's another idea. You just need to get her a dress. Mm. Yeah, when I go there. Now, um, I believe on to our Ask Mr. A Plus segment, mm-hmm. which is the segment where the guest has the chance to ask me questions, anything at all. Wow, I feel like I've asked you loads of questions so far. Surely you've got more. Would you move away for love? Or do you of course want, I would. Or do you want someone to move to you? I'd be happy to move for them mm-hmm. because I've outgrown, I've outgrown Wollongong. And yeah. Wollongong is already a miniature Sydney. Yeah. It's becoming just expensive as Sydney and it's only a matter of time before Wollongong becomes just as chaotic as Sydney. Mm. The thing is, Wollongong is not really the best place for an actor to find love. Well, I don't know if there's a good place for someone to find love anywhere. I think it's one of those things love finds you. So have you thought about moving then? Yep. If things go well with Sarah, I could move to Perth. What does Sarah do for a job? Oh, she works as a mental health physiotherapist. Oh, wow. And she's studying her Master of Counselling. Wow. That's pretty cool. It is. So she's a smart cookie. Hmm. I'm actually attracted to intelligent women. What is that called? Um, sapiosexual. What's that? It's when you find high levels of intelligence attractive. So that's what I am. A sapiosexual. And the surprising thing, this may come as a bit of a shock to you, but I've never really had a very high keen interest in in coitus like other men do. No, you're not interested? No. How would you have children then if you didn't want to have sex? (sighs) I would only have sex with, with the woman that I'm married to. Yeah, but that's okay. Lots of, lots of people do that. Lots of people save themselves for marriage just for one person. Because after all, ca- casual coitus is basically violating a woman's body for fun, but with her permission. Do you think that you'll find it hard to find somebody that also doesn't want to engage in that in a marriage? If, just, 
if she doesn't want to engage in courtus, that's fair enough too. But no, but what if she really does? What if you get married to somebody that really like, enjoys having sex but you don't want to? Because sometimes finding that compatibility is really hard. I'm open to it if if the if the relationship is serious enough. Well, you're but married. If it's casual, no. no, but if you're married, of course I would. Yeah, of course I would do it. Yeah, things you do for love. That's exactly right. You do some crazy things for love. Of course, I'd be happy to move. Yeah. Or and even divide my time between there and here. As yeah, well. I think there's always when you're in love, there's always a way to make something work. Uh, it's just about yeah. compromise. Both people have to do a little bit of compromise, and the relationship can work. I really believe that. That's great. I'm I'm also a believer of compromise as well, mm-hmm. because it's not fair for one person to get their way and the other do- doesn't. Yes. Some women, when they don't get their way, they talk about like a 15 year old girl who's forbidden from having a boyfriend by her parents. Yes, but I know a lot of men that also sulk when they don't get in their way. I think that works two ways, Michael. Yep. I do, uh, do you happen to have any more questions? So is Sarah who you're dating, this will be my last question, or Sarah who you like, is she on the spectrum or is she neurotypical? No. Neurotypical. She's, yeah, she is. Like do you want have a preference for dating one, more neurotypical or more on the spectrum or you don't mind? Probably more neurotypical okay well that's exciting i hope it works out for you i really do sure it will she sounds like a catch i would say she she is well Brittany, thank you so much for for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on this podcast it means a lot thanks for having me michael that was a really great chat it was a blast Mm -hmm.